welcome back to another week of the Listen In Podcast, the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners. Has it been a while since you've run that? I, I have, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I forget to say that. To run the, the trade. Other board. times I'm not in the mood. Right. And then sometimes I say it. It, it it's a fickle thing. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's all it's all based on feel. I gotta be in the zone. It's like you jazz. Know? Exactly. It's improv. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh so Jake, we have some Kind of sad news to start off yeah. the show this week. Um, Scott Hutchinson, the lead singer from Frightened Rabbit, who is one of my favorite bands. Yeah, uh, you're a diehard fan. Making music this decade. Yeah, Scott Hutchinson, uh, he's been missing for the last two days. Uh, his family's pretty worried. Um, he deals with mental health issues, depression specifically, um, you can kind of look at a lot of the lyrics uh, in Fright Rabbit songs. It would kind of hint towards this. So he's been missing for the last two days, I think, in like the Edinburgh area of, where is that, Scotland? Yeah. Scotland, yeah. Um, family does not know where he is. They've kind of put out a plea to the public to kind of, if you have any information to come forward, police are looking for him. Um, this is always a weird and honestly rare thing that we're – Someone goes truly missing like yeah, this. Yeah. And obviously, well, it might feel preemptive and maybe inappropriate to draw comparisons to Kurt Cobain, but I think that's what happened to him. Right. I think he was missing for several days. Uh, yeah. And they found him at that place. You, you really yeah. hope that's not and a that's, case like this. I think that's kind of what people are fearing. What are people are assuming? Um, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'm really hoping it doesn't turn out that way, but I think it would be naive to think that, like, yeah. Something like that couldn't happen right now. It does seem like this could end badly. Um, I've been checking Twitter, social media all day to see if there's any updates. They have not found him yet. Um, if anyone out there by any chance has information, I would encourage you to to go forward, obviously. But I'm, I'm hoping this turns out for the best. Now, you mentioned, Sean, I think before we were uh, talking on the podcast that th- this has happened before. Yeah, so... It, well, this all started with kind of a, a Twitter, a um, couple of Twitter posts from him where he, he seemed kind of upset. And then his last tweet was, um, I'm, I'm going away now, thanks, or something like that. And that's the last thing he tweeted. So he's also had kind of social media, I don't want to call it like meltdowns or outbursts, but along these lines where it's like he's clearly upset and yeah. he's like posting things. That's happened before. He's also, like, his family hasn't been able to get a hold of him for a day or two in the past, I think. Um, His brother specifically said, like, he suffers from depression. He's, like, in a fragile state. We just want to get him some help, et cetera. Dude, it is – it just is – it's especially sad because it's just, like, that shit is literally a constant struggle for people throughout life. And, like, you see someone who, like – clearly has achieved things mm-hmm. in their life. Like, he's in a fairly successful mm-hmm. band and has done mm-hmm. probably what he always wanted to do. Yeah. It doesn't just go away. No, it That's doesn't. That's the saddest thing to me whenever I hear a story like this. Yeah. It's like, even if you are self-actualized, mm-hmm. which you could argue he is. I mean, I'm sure yep. that there's... He, there's always going to be something, though. There's a more nuanced take on that. Yeah. Like, there's more There's more right. specifics, but, like, the, the thing that makes me saddest about these kinds of stories is that, you know, people don't... That mental illness shit, it doesn't ju- it, it'll plague you. Yeah, for forever. Forever. And it's interesting that because of that mental illness and his experiences with it, 
he's been able to write these songs and write these lyrics that speak to it and that yeah. speak to a lot of people who have also felt that way. Um, you know, like Midnight Organ Fight specifically is an album that I think means a ton to a lot of people because of how honest those lyrics are on that album. And I was actually, I was reading an interview that he did uh, only a week ago, actually, on yeah. uh, Noisy, the Vice blog, I music blog. that you retweeted that. Yeah. And that it said that you'd be surprised where he ranked that? Yeah, he ranked Midnight Organ Fight number two. Oh, behind what? Uh, behind Pedestrian Verse. And some of the oh. reasons for it were... He's like, um, like sonically, like production wise, I think there's some things on Midnight Organ Fight that like would have been done better, like had we known more kind of. And he was also saying, he's like, I wrote Midnight Organ Fight uh, when we really didn't have an audience and I didn't have any uh, kind of like shame or reservations about writing super honest lyrics about yeah. like suicide and all of these things. He's like, that kind of came after the fact he's like i probably won't ever be able to get to that place again of writing from a place of like not being worried about anyone like judging you yeah um but yeah so he ranked that number two but it was interesting because in the interview um the he, he was talking about a song on midnight organ fight called floating in the fourth mm-hmm. and there's a lyric about going to the fourth road bridge which is right in the area where he went missing and thinking and, and he's talking about in the song like should i kill myself yeah. and there's a lyric that says i think i'll save suicide for another day and he was talking in this interview he's like yeah he's like that was a really like dark time in my life he's like i it's a hard song to sing live uh but he's like it's good because you know i experienced that and i kind of came back from the edge and, and didn't do it and i'm still here so he's like it's kind of like it's very it's a really sad song but it's kind of happy at the same time and the next question from the interviewer was, like, how are you doing now? Just, like, explicitly. And he's like, uh, he's like, I'm doing okay. He's like, I'm middling. He's like, yeah. he's like most of the time, I'm, I'm like a 6 out of 10. Um, he's like, that's kind of the best I can hope for. He's like, I, I, I tend to dwell on the negatives in life. And uh, it really kind of brings me down. He's like, my best days, I get up to maybe a 7. And he's like, if I can get up to there, he's like, I'm fucking great. And I related to that so much because that's kind of how I live my my life. I wouldn't even say it's a six necessarily. I would yeah. say it's like may, maybe a five. And if I can get above that, like I'm having a good day. Yeah, I've talked a lot about. Um, I, I compare sort of the way I deal with that stuff as if everyone else goes through life at about an eight or whatever. Yeah. Or you could put it. In, you could scale right. it any way you right. want. The way I usually say it is if everyone else goes through life on average at a six. Like, on average, I'm a four. And that's not, like... Right. Again, we're all using different scales. Exactly. But what the whole point is, like, it is crippling because you... you it's just, it, this weight that's on mm-hmm. you at all times where you view the world in just a way where, like, pessimism or cynicism mm-hmm. or just general gloominess or hopelessness, mm-hmm. apathy, fucking malaise. Yep. It, all those things are kind of kicking around. Yep. And on any given day, like one of them can fuck you. Or a couple could combine yeah. and fuck you. Right. And like, it is, it's so fucking hard. And sometimes it's not even noticeable to other people. Yeah. Uh, but it's still there. And I saw him a few months ago in February on the Midnight Organ Fight 10th anniversary tour. And, you know, he was up there on the stage doing his normal thing, joking around. He's a really funny guy. Of course he is. He's so funny. Dude, people who are depressed are usually funny. Yep. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't guess it from 
from being there and seeing him because of course you know he's up on stage he's making jokes he's playing music but you know it's really really sad to see him a few months ago know how much his music impacts people's lives in your life in, in my life absolutely like a lot of the things he's singing about are things i can relate to that's why i love this band so much yeah. and i love his lyrics and his songs so much because they're so relatable to me and there's a lot of like very specific lyrics where i'm like yeah i felt that and like that's why frightened rabbit is the band that they are because yeah. of those songs and i i just really really hope this turns out okay um because i was thinking about it earlier and it's like this if like it already affects me in a negative way just knowing this news is out there if this takes a turn for the worse and they can't find him and he you know uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to take it's gonna be hard yeah man i i'm i'm actually i'm really sorry to hear this and i'm sorry i i really hope it works out and i know how much frightened rabbit has meant to you yeah i've and, seen them live maybe more than any band yeah. actually i've seen yeah. them like five times they're I like think. sneaky one of your favorite bands they are they are and i um I, obviously i really like them too i i respect the hell out of them and, and i like their music they've never resonated with me at the same level that they have with you um, but that's just one of those things where, like, sometimes a certain album yep. or a certain band is catches very, you at the right time, or, or place, is especially or, yep. special to you, and yep. it's in a way that it almost can't apply to others. Yep. Um, but they're they're a great band. They're super talented, and um, their whole breed of songwriting is really cool. And 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 he seems like, you know, a a pretty a pretty interesting talent it, yeah. in general. It would be a, it would be a, a a real shame if if this is anything serious. Yeah, and it, it you know. He he just started another side band with his brother and and oh, really? I think a couple other guys and they I think either just put out an album or have one coming out and he was talking in this interview that he did only a week ago about how they've already started writing and thinking about the next Fright and Rabbit album and I know they're booked for all sorts of you know festivals and tours because they're very involved with that so I I don't know it just doesn't seem that it just goes to show you that even though you know you might be doing okay one week it can kind of flip and turn on its head the next so uh i would say any, scary. anybody who's struggling with it uh you know feel free to reach out to to anybody or, or talk about it you know we deal with it so i and i know it's very helpful to talk about it so it's yeah it can be huge yeah. and um damn i'm hoping for the best on this me man. too hoping for the best me too me too um, so let's let's move on, Jake. Uh, let's talk about a couple new pieces of music that had come out this past week. I think the big one that almost everyone, social media specifically, has been talking about is the new Childish Gambino single and music video. This is America. Yeah. Um, he what did he did he debut this song on SNL? Was that so was that it? He um, Donald Glover hosted and was the musical guest on SNL, and he, I believe, what happened was. He performed This Is America and another song called Saturday yeah. as his two musical numbers okay. for the show. And simultaneously with the with the telecast, Sean, yeah. um, posted the music video online, I think, okay. to YouTube. Okay. And it already has like 57 million and views. And it's directed by Hiro Mirai, who is the director behind most Atlanta episodes and yeah. the last few Barry episodes on HBO as oh, well. Oh, no shit. Hiro Mirai is quickly turning into like my favorite TV director, the way he's able to to just give each of these shows that are very different a certain feel is amazing. When he he his background was in, in music video, music video yep. directing. Yep. Um, so this this is a, this is America. I was mm -hmm. trying to say this song, and then yeah. I said this this is America. <laughs> uh, 
music video, which came out clunkily. But um, the music video is is incredible. I think it's the, I would say, it seems like the music video that has taken the sort of cultural zeitgeist yeah. by storm yeah. most since probably Humble. Oh, yeah. And um, arguably is sort of maybe even bigger in a way because of the statement it's making. Humble yeah. is Kendrick, so that platform's hard to beat. Right. But, um, th- this one's blowing up. And it, it yeah. is visually it's very it's it's super compelling yep. and dark it's yep. scary and I, th- I think most listeners have probably seen it but if you haven't it starts with this a guy who's a black guy he sits down in a chair in like the middle of like it looks like a Quonset hut or something some mm-hmm. big or like warehouse mm-hmm. and starts playing along with the sort of upbeat music that starts it and then donald glover shirtless in pants like comes like shimmying over i I think that is a reference to like a, a racist jim crow yes. era picture of like a dancing like black man well i think that's what so many of the poses are throughout yeah 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 and anyways he so he kills this guy he right shoots him in the back of the head and that recurs throughout yeah but yeah the so many interesting things about this um donald glover throughout is is dancing like really really well oh my god yeah but yeah. also doing it in a way where it's clearly like he's like Look, I'm dancing like you want. I'm me dancing to. for you, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm putting on a show yep. for you, like yep. I'm, and it's clearly riddled with with racial undertones. Uh, so a lot of a lot of subtext yeah. for this with with the gun violence. His big smile he keeps putting yep. on that uh, is both creepy and suggestive w- of what you were mentioning. When he yes, when he shoots like the singing choir. Yeah. Um. When there's all sorts of chaos happening behind him, but like him and the people are still dancing, where yeah. it's like. He, he's kind of giving a nod to like there's all this shit happening but like all you guys want is like entertainment yeah and, and it's it's really smart it's biting it feels like it came out at the exact right time yeah I, and I don't know if this was done on purpose or not but there's been a lot of comparisons made to the Kanye West tweets and yeah. then kind of this statement by Donald Glover and I, I again, I don't know if it was on purpose, but you can't help but make those comparisons. And it does feel, in a way, a rebuttal from Donald Glover to be like, this is like a real way to start a conversation that matters yeah. rather than maybe what Kanye's doing. For sure. The only thing is, like, I wonder how the timing works out on that. I, the only thing I'd assume is that a music video this intricate must have been in the works. Oh, for oh a yeah, yeah. Of but course, I, but of course. I, I agree in that it, the timing is. Is is it's pretty interesting. perfect. It's yeah. very interesting. the uh, The whole trajectory of Childish Gambino is fascinating to me. It is. He sort of emerged. I don't know what six, seven years ago, yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. As basically, it was a side project for Donald Glover, and seemingly, like I was listening to some of his older stuff from Camp and from his first EP, and I remember hearing that shit kind of around mm-hmm. college parties and stuff at the yeah. time. I never got way into it, but I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yep. I can see some of that. Um, what, what is interesting is he's he's come from being kind of a hashtag rapper at the time. Uh-huh. At the time, like he was doing mostly like it was turns a phrase. Yeah. Mostly it was funny. Yep. He would get really aggressive, and it was sort of like shock value stuff yep. in a way. Yep. He seems to with Atlanta and with um, with like with Awaken My Love, the last album which has Redbone on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said on SNL, he was like, for white people, I was in Community. Uh, for black people, I made Redbone and Atlanta, yep. and people like applauded pretty uh, heavily for yep. that. And so, and now this is America, and the mute the, the other song he played on SNL Saturday um, was like sort of the inverse of This Is America. So like the, his yeah. performance on SNL had 
of This Is America had sort of similar tones and sort of visual imagery as the music video. It had like right. dancing yep. school children who were black sort of doing their thing while Donald Glover stood very seriously yeah. and, and, and did his like delivery. Saturday, which has not gotten nearly as much attention because it's less of a commentary, I think, mm-hmm. it was it seemed like a celebration of blackness. Interesting. Because he was up there, he had like this flowing shirt on mm-hmm. and he was up there with like it, it was sort of like staged to look like a party. And there were mm-hmm. all it was all black people up on stage like sitting and drinking mm-hmm. and like hanging out and they, they had people playing these like hand drums. Yeah. And, and like these backup singers and this crazy guitar lead going on. It was this like party song. Yeah. And yeah. Was, and what what strikes me is that he's come into his own as this like he has this. He's really making these sort of strong, visceral commentaries yes. in his in his music and yes. in his songs, and he's making like he, I think he's trying to make very black music. I know that sounds probably tone deaf coming from me, but the sense I get is he's trying to like really embrace. Well, the yeah, plight and, of, and and I think he's doing the same thing with Atlanta. And I was able to read that New Yorker oh, feature yeah. on him finally, and it was fascinating that's a recommendation of the week that is check out that new yorker feature on donald glover it's amazing it's called donald glover can't save you you can also listen to it on the Mm -hmm. website there's a it's not a podcast it's just a narration of it it's over an hour long yeah it took me a good amount of time to read through that entire thing it took me like 40 minutes it was really long um but it was fascinating because you get an insight into how he thinks which is like that dude's a genius yeah people who think like that and I'm talking like the Josh Tillmans, the the Donald Glovers, people like that who see the world in a really different way, who can like, as he said it, like see the algorithm and hack it almost. Yeah, are geniuses, well, true geniuses. We were we were watching um, the the performances again on YouTube uh, with friend of the pod Kevin and Spencer. Actually, last night after mm-hmm. you took off, we popped those on, and Kevin made a point where he was like. He's like, you can tell that Donald Glover is a pretty depressed guy. Or yeah. You can tell in the interview, too, and in the profile. Yeah, yes. like You can tell that he is very dis- disenfranchised or, or sort of yep. disillusioned with life in general. And, and people. Like, and he's, he's running out of challenges. Right. And what was fascinating was he finishes Saturday, and the whole time he's, he's dancing like fucking crazy throughout to this like really upbeat sort of song going on. And he's, he's engaging with the other people on stage and dancing around. And then as soon as the song ends, his face just goes completely blank. And he's yeah. just like standing there, like fully, yeah. just like he looks either bored or like disengaged, right? Or like it, nothing is difficult for him. And he speaks a lot about that in the New Yorker piece, where he's saying like, he's like, eventually I'll run out of interest for Atlanta. He's yep. like, I don't think I'm going to release more music. He's like, and eventually I'm just going to be gone. It seems like he's very aware of what people want from him or what they're interested in him for yeah not so much maybe him so as a as a person but what he can offer and what he can provide in terms of whether it be music or, or television or whatever it is I, I think he's really jaded by that fact where he was talking about i can count on like two fingers the people who actually love me just for me and not for what i can like give to them yeah. and I, I actually don't, don't know who he was talking about i would assume it was his kids I, I, I thought did so, he, did too. Did he have one kid or two? I couldn't remember. Well, one, but his his partner is pregnant with their second. So he's talking about his probably his kid and his partner? I, even that, I don't know. It's interesting that it, it's not his brother, maybe? It's not his... You could you could imply that, like, both... Like, his brother and his, his partner are both relying on him, like, financially. That's kind of what he was saying. He's oh, like, and so would his, 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 his kid, child, too. So I was like, I don't really know who he's even talking about. It's interesting, man. And, and it... it 
he's just a fascinating guy, and it definitely feels like um, it's a big time moment for him right now. Yes, in the definitely. culture, like Atlanta. Is is my favorite show on TV by far? Like, yes, it, it, I it's one of the best of all time, in my opinion, and it it's only finishing its second season like already tonight. Yeah, and it's it, it's fascinating too because um, he just he seems to be this guy who can just do like whatever he yeah. sets his mind to. Yep, and that's both really cool and probably freaky. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's scary. Well, like like he said, like I can see the algorithm and I know how to hack it. Yeah. It's like he just sees all of these things where he's like, oh, I can do that. Like, I can just learn how to do it. You yeah, know? like with anything. Like yeah. He was like, he was like, yeah, I was in uh, that Spider-Man movie. Right. And he's like, I just learned how Marvel movies are right. made. And he's like, I feel like I have a handle on that. Yeah. And he's just moving on. And um, yeah, very interesting dude. And I, I, I thought one of the parts that really stuck out to me the most is that people who knew him, I think it was one of his friends was saying that he seems just darker now. He seems mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in a different place. Yep. Like he used to be... More wide-eyed, eager to please. Yep. Um, probably in the community days, or when he was still in the um, was it Uptight Citizens Brigade or whatever. Yeah, show yeah. He was a part yep. of. I know or, he, or in the Thirty Rock Riders or, room. or Derek Comedy when he was doing that mm-hmm. for YouTube and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I think he he talked a lot about how he was more eager to please back then, and he knew he had something to bring to the table, and and he's been jaded by sorry all the the systems that have. That sort of dictate mm-hmm. how music's made, how TV gets made. Right. I thought one of the most fascinating things he said in the whole thing was how he was saying Atlanta isn't even as black a show as it could. I be. know. It was like he, because so much of the way you view blackness is is viewed through the lens of whiteness, and it's so true. That really shifted my perspective. I was like, oh, like yeah. I felt bad just being a white person reading that that piece. I was like, well, fuck me. Like I did too. One of my favorite things he said in that was he's like, the reason why people are smoking weed on Atlanta the whole time isn't because it's cool. He's like, it's because all black people have PTSD. He yeah. was like, when you're always on the bottom and like in a hole. And the people above you are just like, keep digging, and eventually you'll find God. I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's an amazing, amazing quote. And it's pretty fucking true. It's like scary true. It is scary. I remember having a thought to that effect watching a recent episode of Atlanta. I was like, these characters are just like always in pain. Yeah. Of one kind or another. Like, and and that that's what weed is in their life. It is that right. to many people. Drinking right. is that to many people. Right. Other substances are. Um prescribed drugs mm-hmm. but like yeah that definitely comes across in the way the show is presented is like these it's just coping yeah yeah that's what it is and yep. it's it, it i i was glad that they addressed it in the article about how much that show is viewed through the lens of of being high yeah yeah and and it's just very hazy in Surrealness. a weird sort of yeah, way yeah. surreal things like take longer than they seem yeah. they should or are shorter or right. like don't make sense right. in a linear time right. way. Yep. Um, and it just feels like it, it is very much like a show about people who are getting high and struggling through, mm-hmm. but like filmed with some, what's the, what's the term? Um, Versimilitude. Whoa! Is that Whoa. the word about like life? Be like be true to life or whatever. Is that what it is? I'm gonna look up. Okay. That, if so, I'm impressed. That's a great word. I'll Very give it a cool. Google. Very cool. But yeah, it definitely feels like a moment for Donald Glover right now. Um, it's exciting. I, I really I like that I really guy. like him. He, the, the, what's so interesting about him, he's like, he wouldn't give a fuck about that and like almost doesn't even want you to. That's what's so interesting. Yeah. You okay. know? Versimilitude is the appearance of being true or real. Okay. True. So 
Yeah. Okay. True. Very cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you haven't seen the music video or heard the song, check out This Is America. And watch Atlanta. Yes, and watch Atlanta. It's a fantastic that goes show. without saying. It's like the biggest takeaway, actually. Definitely. Definitely. A uh, couple new uh, albums that came out last week, Jake. One, we had a best new music for this new Ice Age album, Beyondless. So this is the... Uh, where are they from? Denmark. Denmark. They're Danish. Yeah, they're Danish. Nothing like a uh, Danish. They're Danish. What's your favorite kind of Danish? Uh, the good old cheese Danish. Ew. I don't like cheese mixing with my Danish. Well, it's like, it's cream cheese, dude. It's not I fucking prefer just a, a normal strawberry Danish. Well, the thing is, is like, a lot of that too is how you grow up. Like, I grew up, my true. family always got cheese Danish. That's true. So I always, That's true. I always dug that, but I can, I can, I can see why you'd like a, a, a a fruit Danish as yeah. well. In fact, that actually makes more sense. Cheese Danish is weird. It it always seemed weird to me. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, looks like Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is out on Spotify as of right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Spotify just gave me this update and oh. said it's, it's on there, I think. Hey, little uh, uh, well, re- release radar. Maybe not, though, because when I clicked into it, there were no tracks. No, um, yep, not there yet. But it Not there yet. The, Sorry, listeners. Yeah. By the time you listen, it probably will. It will be because tomorrow's Friday. Um, so this album, Beyondless by Ice Age, um, I've been really, really digging, man. It's so... I tried getting into Ice Age with the album uh, You're Nothing back in 2013 mm. when that came out. Mm-hmm. I remember it got really good reviews. Mm-hmm. They always get always. music. Um, they also put out Plowing Into the Field of Love in 2014. Also yep. got great reviews. Um, and every time I tried with Ice Age, I found for some, I, I, I didn't ever go past the number of listens I needed to really get into them. Um, so I, I went into this album with an open mind as I'll give it a shot. It's awesome, dude. It, yeah. it takes into... The sort of the blend, like it's definitely punk, but there's some goth influence. There's some grander things. There's a lot of varied instrumentation on here. Some dirty sounding horns yeah, that I love on yeah. songs like Painkiller. Yeah. Um, piano. So I think some strings on here. Um, it's a really really cool album. Uh, with with just a very interesting vibe overall. Yeah. What would you describe this genre as? Is it punk? Like what what is this? I feel like this album mirrors. Stuff I've heard a lot of bands doing. So, like, for example, songs like Showtime remind me of, like, honestly, Showtime more than any of them reminds me of Foxygen. Big time. That album that came out last year. That's not what the whole album sounds like. No, but it's all just horns, that, that song. Yeah. It's kind of this cabaret uh, yes. feel. Um, and even the way he's delivering the vocals reminds me of the way Sam France of Foxygen does. Um Thieves Like Us, I think it is, reminds me of something that, like, The Replacements would do. Mm. Where it has this sort of, yeah. like almost jaunty vibe going on, kind of goofy, a little silly. Mm-hmm. Um, songs like Painkiller, Under the Sun, like, I feel like grander, like, almost like The Cure type of yeah, statements or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or even bigger. They're, they're, right. It feels like they're, they're, they're bringing together a lot of pretty ambitious um, sort of references on this album. I yeah. think, and I think really pulling it off a lot. I also love the song Catch It. Catch It, I think, is probably my favorite. Awesome. Um, I do also love Plead the Fifth. Yep. And Under the Sun is great. The Day the Music Dies is good. That whole run of through Under the Sun through Catch It, yeah, you know, the whole album's good, but those songs, those four in particular, are always a highlight for me. Has a really cool album cover, too. It does. Um, it really does. This cool sort of like marble-looking black and red. Yeah. Um, you know, so bad radio there. But <laughs> needless to say, this has been a nice surprise album. I actually think this is going to rank really highly for me. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's been appreciating with every listen, and um, I'm finding little moments that I really like, and... 
they Ice Age seems like a band to me that has some pretty grand ambitions, and it's always cool to see a band starting to come into their own in that yeah. respect. Um, so I, yeah, I've been really excited by this album. Um, and yeah, there's some there are some moments too that are more purely punk, mm-hmm. but they're punk in a similar way that I think the Clash are punk. Like they're not as purely pop. They don't have as as pure a pop sensibility as the Clash. Right. But they're willing to explore their sounds. Yep. They're not three, four chords. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like a bad attitude type. Of right. Right. You know right. I mean? Right. No, that's that's a great point. That's a great point. So yeah, I, I've been enjoying this too. Um, definitely going to keep giving this more listens. The other album, Jake, that came out last week that I gave a listen to, a couple of listens to, was this new Leon Bridges album called Good Things. Um, so this, uh, so Leon Bridges is kind of like uh, an old school, like soul R and B artist in the same vein as like, who would you dis- who would you compare him to, Jake? Like he's kind of like um, uh, almost like Marvin Gaye-ish, yeah, yeah. you know, Otis Redding. Yeah, yeah. So um, his last album, Coming Home came out in 2015, and uh, it was really, really good. Kind of like old school to a fault. What's cool about this new one, Good Thing, is it still is playing in that same genre, in that same vibe. Milieu. Yeah, but there's... uh, I I think it's been updated a little bit. And and one of my favorite songs is actually the opening track called Bet Ain't Worth the Hand. Mm -hmm. And it's this really interesting idea uh, of that, like... He's kind of singing this song to like this woman where they're in some kind of relationship, probably sexual in nature. And he's kind of like, don't like get hung up on me because like I I only have like one bet basically. And like this maybe isn't like worth like this hand's not worth a bet basically. Where it's like this he's taking a genre that is like this old school kind of classic genre and putting putting a modern spin on it with this idea of like it's very normal to like have these like almost like test out relationships Hmm. before you maybe like settle down especially with him who's like this musician and like he's like my life's crazy like etc etc so really interesting where he's taking that format or, or that genre and kind of Putting new, injecting new ideas into it. I just looked up, just out of curiosity, how old Leon Bridges is. He's 28. Yeah, pr- so pretty young. Young pretty dude. Young. Yeah. It, I, I've always liked everything I've heard by him. I'm excited to give this a chance. It's pretty short. It's only 34 minutes. Oh, it's yeah. like 10 very or 11 nice. songs. It's very easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, it's going to be one of those albums that like is perfect when you're like, ah, I'm not in the mood for like something else i'll throw on this leon bridges and like it'll be pleasant enough it can kind of just be on and i don't have to like strain like with ice age i think you sort of have to or at least i have to be in the mood where i'm like okay this ice age album i know it's like a good album like capital i important album where it's like leon bridges is more it's kind of more like of a relaxing listen you know so uh or lower stakes listen so i've liked it for that um i would definitely recommend checking it out I, i really like it very nice yeah so we have a couple buyer-sell items this week. Yeah, yeah, a couple buyer-sells. Um, so there was a couple interesting news items uh, concerning streaming services that came out over the last couple of days, Jake. And, and I want to do a buyer-sell with you okay. on, on yeah. if you're uh, into these or not. So the first one is Tidal, uh, our, our old uh, least favorite streaming service. Our old fling. Yeah, Tidal. Uh, they've been accused of inflating streaming numbers for two albums on their service. And this is um, Lemonade by Beyonce and Life of Pablo by Kanye West. So the two like title exclusives, those are like flagship albums. 
Now, Life of Pablo is obviously on other services, but Lemonade remains a title exclusive, right. which seems silly to me. Yeah, me too. It is like why I haven't listened it to it. It might in be years. on Apple Music, but I don't, I don't even remember. And so, I don't have Apple Music. No, I don't either. So they've been accused of inflating streaming numbers for those two albums. And that would actually mean, if this is true, that they would have paid disproportionate royalties to Beyonce and Kanye West at the expense of other artists. And this is a big no-no, Jake, because they have an ownership stake in this company. Jay-Z owns it. I'm pretty sure Beyonce has a stake. Kanye has a stake. Remember they trotted out all the artists that had their, like, title's going to change the way music streaming works, blah, 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 high fidelity. And then everyone was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to keep listening to Spotify. So this is a little insider trading. It seems that way. Um, They've come out and denied it. They said... Oh, so it didn't happen. The publication... I sell this. That... that, uh, If they deny it. That that came out with this news. It's a smear campaign. Uh, In their defense, this publication, I forget what it's called, did say title was run by a crack dealer. Because Jay-Z is, uh, you know, running it. So... Yeah, There's dude, some mudslinging on both sides here, potentially. Okay. Are you buying or selling that, A, this could happen, and, like, B, did it? It probably did. I'm, uh, bu- I'm buying this. I'm, I don't know all the facts. I didn't read this whole article. I'm buying that it could happen. Mm-hmm. I'll hedge. I don't know what to say on whether it did happen. Yeah. Who knows, man? I'll I, buy. But I'm buying the notion that this could yeah, happen. Yeah, I sure. wouldn't be surprised. It would behoove them, dude, because it it's would. like, if you have these title exclusives, which Pablo was yep. for a while, yep. and which Lemonade is now, still... Makes sense to bump the listens on those. Yeah, and be like, hey, like, look how much yep. people are enjoying it over here at in title land. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. The, the water's fine. <laughs> like, right, right. And and uh, yeah, man, like this this kind of shit doesn't wouldn't surprise me at all. It seems no, like me neither. Just the kind of like, you know, sort of corruption that would happen exactly. naturally if exactly. you have musicians making the music and probably who have influence over. The way the streaming service works. Yep. Yeah. Why wouldn't like, you of like yeah. boost the stats? It title to me, I think, needs to fucking fold. Like it seems like an absolute failure. I don't know anyone who's like repping title as their go-to streaming service at all. I I couldn't name their anybody. Only hope. Their literal only hope was to keep getting these exclusives from the artists who back it. And that hasn't happened since Lemonade. And even that man, all anyone does is down get a free trial. Yep. Listen to that album yep. for whatever two weeks, and then when it's on other streaming services, just they like, okay, hop off. Like exactly. see you later, or I'll buy exactly. a physical copy if I need it that bad. Right. Exactly. But like you know what, two three weeks with an album might be fine exactly. for most people. Yep. yep. So yep. yeah, I, I I agree with you. I don't think that title is long for this world. No, it seems like a failure to me. Especially when Spotify is quartering the market. And speaking of Spotify, Jake, this is our second buy or sell. So Spotify came out today and they said they've removed they've removed music from R. Kelly and rapper Extension from their curated playlists. Is and his I, name XXX Tentacion? It, it it I don't know. I think it's Extension because it's T E N T A C I O N, which is Tentacion. Dude, oh, maybe I'm just like dyslexically reading it as extension. I mean, I think that it kind of looks I don't like know. That. I don't know. I actually don't know. He's not very popular. The only reason why I knew of that guy was because of like... I've heard of him too. Like the the legal trouble he's been embroiled in. He's like kind of emo rap, right? I think so. so that's what he's sort of famous for. I think for. so. Yeah. But, so Spotify has removed music from both him and R. Kelly from its curated playlist. So, like extension or whatever his name is got removed from like the rap caviar playlist, which is okay. very, very popular. So which is a big boost for your 
your music. It is. It is. It's massive. To yeah, there, it, it's yeah. massive. Um, so, but they have not removed it from the streaming service itself. So, if you still want to go seek out this music, you can. It's just not going to be made readily available through Spotify curated playlists. Oh, so it's on the streaming. It's still on still. the service. It's just they're not promoting it through their playlists. Um, okay. So, this is part of their new hate content and hateful conduct policy, where they're cracking down on artists who have misbehaved in some way or whatever. However, Jake, it does seem to be kind of up to the discretion of Spotify because Extension or whatever we're calling him, his manager in a comment to a music blog was like, well, if they're going to remove my client's music or R. Kelly's, are they also going to remove the music of all of these other people who've done bad shit? And he lists people as famous as Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, Miles Davis, David Bowie, Gene Simmons, the list goes on and on. Nelly, Miguel, Dr. Dre, Michael Jackson. And it does seem to be kind of a double standard where it's like, well, where are you going to draw the line? And this is where the buy or sell comes in. Do you buy or sell Spotify doing this? Because I do think it can be a slippery slope. What they do with their playlist is up to them. I I buy their right to... Yes. To, to take things on or off a curated playlist, I sell the notion that anyone's music who is involved in some kind of sexual misconduct or any kind of vis- uh, physical or violent misconduct, mm-hmm. that that person's music is wiped clean or erased. Yeah. That notion, it feels like we're moving somewhere close to and it's like, it doesn't take long to realize that would wipe out a whole lot. It, it would. And I I don't think that should happen. I sell that hard. Now, uh, as part of this hate content and hateful conduct policy, they're implying that if the music itself has any of these hateful themes to them, it gets removed. So like if you were like a Nazi punk band yeah. or something. Is That's that limiting free speech or is it up to the this platform to say, not on hey, not on our platform? Yeah, the thing is like they're a private provider yeah. of... They're a private streaming platform. Yeah. Well, they've gone public. But right. They are but an entity. They're, they're, a, they're, they're a, a business who can make yeah. decisions. They're a corporation yeah. with with a reputation to uphold. So, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's within their rights. Like, legally, I buy it. Like, from a, from a perspective of, is that totally... Does it limit free speech? It Maybe starts to border on... If, uh, look, I'm buying... Absolutely, the curated playlist thing. That's not up for debate. I'm talking, this opens the door. Where is now Spotify, maybe in a year or two, going to just be like, well, now we're not going to let you even listen to this on our platform. That's the slippery slope I'm talking about. I sell that. That's kind of like we're censoring you. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy, man, with with all these musicians, all the the fucked up shit that is purported to have happened. The, The one that really... And I know this is beside the point. The one that still bothers me is Jimmy Page, where I'm like, I don't know totally how I feel about all that. Well, yeah, that, that's a that's a whole other conversation, but it does make me feel gross. Me too. And like looking at this list that, that was tweeted out, not great. No, not great. No. And there's ones that they missed. Yeah, that, yes, there's there ones are. that are missed. There are. Yeah. So like, I I think I'm buying Spotify's ability to remove them from a playlist. Like, sure, if you're a person who is making music and you are gaining streams every week or whatever mm-hmm. by being on one of the most popular playlists and that really is being made to that's being made to happen by Spotify if they're like look you're a questionable person right. the stuff you're doing we can't be on board with at yeah. what point is Spotify too big too powerful in this regard where 
yeah, you're not allowed on our service, but like you can still release your music other ways. But what happens when Spotify is like really the only game in town in terms of like getting ears on your music? I think we're fast approaching that reality. The answer to your question is already. Right. Spotify is too powerful. Yeah. And st- they, they can dictate like basically whatever they want. They are essentially the music industry now. Yeah, they are. Like any yeah, other's other music streaming services, but, but, but the point remains like all the other stuff seems ancillary. Like It does. I don't know, I don't have any of the numbers on how right. Apple Music stacks up. Right. It's it's significantly smaller in terms of user base. Well, they want them to stick around because they can't be a monopoly. Yeah, true. They don't want to <laughs> become a monopoly. True. That would be dangerous for Spotify. And would be put, to, that would be put to, like an end would be put to that pretty swiftly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't want it to get to that point. That's dangerous if they're the only game in town. Like already is dangerous. Dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the way, it, with all the stuff we've been talking about, about like, oh, should we, like, can we limit the first two weeks for musicians, mm-hmm. like maybe we do it only premium listeners get it. It's like, well, that only benefits again, like the the, right. the richest of the rich right. musicians. Exactly. Like fucking hop along is not going to no, do that. No, no, or any of those musicians. So like they they already have arguably too much power. I don't know necessarily what to make of that or what it means because I think there has always within any industry in inter- entertainment been an imbalance of power mm. between. Mm-hmm. The people who have the platform, and so mm-hmm. they can't like whether it's record companies, yep. back or or DJs at radio stations, whatever yeah. it might be, or yeah. streaming services. Yep. Like ultimately, they they have that power. Yep, and That's and that the, I don't know what's to be done about that. I don't know either because uh, it's it's not it, it would be foolish to say like we got to go back to another no because it's of like listening. you're just shifting the the imbalance of power another way because yep. yeah and. We'll keep an eye on this and uh, keep you updated on the fall of civilization and the music industry. Jake, That's right. let's That's right. wrap up today's episode uh, with Release Radar. I have two for you. They're two big ones. We oh, have yeah. Beach House coming out with their seventh album, aptly titled Seven. It's been getting great reviews so far. Would you have liked the title better if it was Seven spelled out or just the number seven? Mm, yeah, I would like it spelled out weirdly. It would look cool. I, I don't hate the digit. It's fine. Um, but it would be kind of cool if it was spelled out. I agree. Seven. It's a cool looking word. And then you mentioned it earlier, Jake. Arctic Monkeys, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino coming out tomorrow. Maybe already out right now on Spotify, our overlord. We don't know yet. We'll yes. check on that. <laughs> I had a question for you, though, about the, the, the correct inflection of this album. I want a definitive decision on this right now. Inflection of how you pronounce Is the it name? Tranquility Base Hotel and casino, or is it tranquility based hotel and casino? I th- the way I would say it, the way I read it is tranquility based hotel and casino. Okay, just all okay. Because in my mind, it's like it's like. But you, you don't understand what I'm saying. Where yeah. It's like you can kind of make it mean something different. Yes, the way I read it is like it is a hotel and casino that's called tranquility base. Okay, like like you would say like Foxwoods Resort and Casino. Okay, that's how. I okay, read it. okay, that makes sense to me. Have you been reading it that way? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's a very yes. interesting okay. title. And the it reviews is. that I've seen of this so far have me really curious as to what we're reading. <laughs> me for. too. So I've been seeing that like everyone has basically said it's weird, it's difficult, it's like not like Arctic Monkeys you're used to, which all excite me and interest Dude, me. That is the best possible news yeah. in my mind. But I've also seen some negative things where it's like it's too weird, it's too meandering, it's too kind like of obtuse, perhaps. Yeah, and I saw one that was like it's going to take you like ten listens to even like break through on this. 
which I think is critic speak for it can mean one of two things it could legitimately mean it's like it is difficult and it might take you a while please stick with it because it's actually a good album it could also mean arctic monkeys have built up a lot of cachet and respect over time we don't want to trash this album so we're gonna couch it as being like this weird difficult album even if it's not that great yeah and i think an important thing to keep in mind is that while arctic monkeys have always been popular they have never been more popular than they are coming off of AM. correct am put them into a whole other stratosphere yes. of superstar. Right. Like they are, right. they're one of the few, they're like a world famous band. They are. They're a huge, yes. huge band. And so the, this is like a different cycle for them now. Yeah. If this because, ends up being like a left turn, it could alienate the, some of the audience that they gained from the accessible accessibility of AM. Yeah, for sure it will. And it feels Maybe like, that's the point. It feels like an intentional left turn in that Especially way. Especially no singles. Yeah. It's, you know, the, it's like, the kid A to the OK computer yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it does seem that way. Um, and I actually think the idea that the, the reception is polarizing, well, it doesn't look so polarizing, mostly positive, but yeah. the fact that people are saying it's it's dense, it's hard to get into, I love it. I uh, yeah. couldn't be more excited for that. And in fact, that's like really what I want from them I think, at this point. I think I already know your answer, Jake, but which of these albums are you more excited for? Um, I'm more excited for Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Uh, I think I am too, because I, I like Arctic Monkeys more. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up enjoying Beach House more. I'm kind of in a Beach House mood, and I haven't been in a long time. Well, it's it's spring. That's a, the, yes. The time is 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 the right is right for some Beach House. I'm really excited for Seven as well because, um, I personally have not been super all in on anything that they've put out since um. Uh, Bloom, the album, yeah, since Bloom, yeah, which was w when I sort of got pretty into them. Bloom's excellent. It's I've been fantastic. listening this week with the nice weather. It's always a big time spring album for me. Bloom is awesome. I, I was like, whoa! I forgot how fucking good this is. It's really good, and I just felt that um, what's it called? Cherry, uh, uh, depression, cherry, and um, thank your lucky stars. Yeah, I just feel like those, those were, were lesser. I felt like they were kind of slight releases, and that and, they came out in too mm, quick of succession, yeah. and. I just felt like it was too much of Beach House for I me to, like, to to care. If they had just released one of those, yeah, it makes it better. It makes each of those better if they only released one. Which did you like better? I like Thank Your Lucky Stars a little more. I think I like that a little bit more too. I think I did. But I haven't listened in a long time, so I don't know. Neither have I. Um, neither have I. But yeah, I think overall a little more excited for Arctic Monkeys. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. definitely listen to both and I'm oh, pretty yeah. fucking pumped. I mean, th Me this, this month we're going into now, these we're two albums heavy hitters will coming. carry us for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then we're looking at June 1st, yeah. Kanye, Father John Misty. There's another late May release coming that's big. I've, I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. I think I am too. But there, there's something else coming late May that's like a big... A so big that'll, album, that'll so. be a cliffhanger for the listeners. Yeah, it will. We'll, we'll figure it out. Right. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Does that work better? Uh, I think it does. It just feels more comfortable. <laughs> it feels more natural to me. Okay. Um, we are on the mic. Final episode of Atlanta Season 2 tonight. Final episode of Atlanta. Doesn't it feel weird that it's 11 episodes this season? What was it last year? 10. Or two years ago, 10. 10.
And most shows are either like 10 or 13. Yeah. Never 11. I sort of like it. I, mean, I like I, it because we get more. I wish it were longer. I wish it were like do, a, a thousand episodes. Me too. And like <clears throat> literally every week we go one. Do you know if it's a longer episode tonight at all? I don't know. I really hope it is. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be sweet. Yeah, it would. Um, also, Celtics going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, uh, they'll probably lose in five to the Cavs is my guess. Or six. Six at the most. I think for sure they're not moving on. I still think... It's in, it's unbelievably impressive, what they. Do. It is, and honestly, at this point, like, they're just gonna go get destroyed by the Warriors, anyways. Yeah, like so, like why it doesn't even matter. I think like, how big an accomplishment would it be just to get to the finals? Say they get oh, to the finals, a pretty amazing accomplishment. That would be like winning. I mean the. Doesn't part of you like not even like it because you're like yeah because you're like well without Kyrie and yeah. Hayward like this would be this weird championship but yeah. they won't win they won't no win the no there's no chance there's like literally but no chance. I, I was thinking I was like even this Eastern Conference Finals is like well you know if, even if we just had Kyrie it'd be like well we could win this you know but yeah. uh, if we had both of them well dude we'd be thinking like this is our time now nearly you know? nearly swept the Sixers without Kyrie I know and um. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because the West, the two best teams are in the Western Conference yeah, Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Rockets and the Warriors. The Western Conference Finals are the real that's NBA the finals. finals. It's yeah. I mean, like that's what's sort of unfair about yeah. the way it shakes out is that the Eastern Conference participant in the finals, like the team that yep. rolls up and gets to rep the East, yep. just naturally had an easier road. Yep. And is like probably less beat up as a result of going through an easier conference. That's a good point. Like if you're LeBron every year, yeah. Like there's no wonder you've gotten to the finals like literally every yeah. year since like 2000. Yeah, like before you were in the league <laughs> when you were like 16, LeBron. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Um, but it's not like the Warriors have have had an easy road this year. It's all the Rockets. Well, th- but those teams in the West are, are really really good. Even the middle of the road teams in the West. Yeah, that's true. Are like pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, like, what do you think if they went to a system of like the the sixteen best teams? They should. I think they just be seed it that way. They should. What would the Celtics have been seeded this year? Uh, like fifth, sixth, four or five, I think. Because it would be Houston, Houston, Golden State, Golden State. Uh, no, Houston, Toronto. Did Toronto have more wins? Yeah. Then, then I think Golden State. Then the Celtics. Okay, yeah. Well, but what, who else in the West, though? Because how many wins did the Celtics the three, have? 50, 55? 56, 55, 56. The three, That's such a fucking good year. The three seed was the Blazers, and they only had like 50, okay. maybe. Don't Dude, quote me on that, but it wasn't as many as, as the Celtics. It, it seriously blows my mind what Brad Stevens has gotten out of these guys. Like, oh, my God. It's unbelievable. The, the idea that he can... Have like a a well above fifty win season. Mm. Bring them to the Eastern Conference Finals again with really as his stars like a a backup to a backup mm-hmm. guard mm-hmm. and a second year player and a rookie. Let me ask you this: We're playing beyond their years. Would they even be doing any better if Kyrie and Hayward were there? Well, it's like that. It's interesting because they like maybe, but they might just be winning quicker. Yeah, like maybe they beat maybe they beat. Um, 
uh, Milwaukee and, Milwaukee and, and they five. sweep them or something. Yeah, and, yeah. and maybe there's like more blowouts. Like they yeah. blow teams out instead of it being close. Right. And like it's, it's like impossible to say. Like I, I was asking that question a lot with Hayward when he went right. out where it was like it felt like early in the year. We had that fucking win streak. Is like, would this have happened with Hayward? Like, probably not. Probably but not. It's, everything would be different. They'd right. be a better team. Right. It right. actually is. It's it's so fucking crazy to me that we even have Hayward. Like, this doesn't feel real to me. Does part of you feel like we're never actually going to get the best Hayward? Yeah. We, like, this is the year yeah. Hayward, like, kind of had to play to, like, get the best Hayward? Yeah, because he, like, shattered his fucking leg, yeah. dude. Like, he... Yeah. Like, that's... That's a horrendous yeah. injury. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, it was an injury so bad that on TV it translated immediately to everyone. Like, oh, oh right. like he's fucked up. Right. That's a yeah. year. That's ending the year for sure. For right. Him. And, like, everyone knew right and away. And you know what's weird, actually? I feel like Hayward's closer to coming back now than Kyrie is. Probably. I mean, he's been out since October. I mean, neither of them are going to play, but. No. The, I, I, imagine the starting five next year. Jalen Brown <sighs> in his third year. Jason Tatum, yep. after an offseason getting better after being a rookie who seriously played well beyond what a rookie should do. Yep. Al Horford. Yep. Gordon Kyrie, Hayward. Hayward. That's Kyrie. a crazy five. I mean, dude, and that team is like, that's a young core. That's that's maybe, I, I was I was about to say that's maybe a better five than the Warriors. That's not true. Is the that Warriors still five? have the better five, but. It's a, it's a five that can compete. I think our team's more complete than the Warriors. Well, and like. Deeper. Yeah, and, and that five is also like the core of that's pretty young. Like even Kyrie will be twenty six next year. I think. Yeah, I think he's our age. Hayward's the old, uh, or Horford's Hay- the oldest, and Hayward's I think two years older than us. Mm-hmm. So I think Hayward's like twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Kyrie will be like twenty six. They actually have the same birthday, which I found out on oh. Instagram this year. Interesting. Um, and then yeah, Horford is fucking forty seven something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little bit older. But like, they that's have a good a, mix. They have a good mix. A well rounded. Yeah. Like so, you have the pure athleticism and like raw talent of mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Which is so exciting. Like, getting to watch those dudes in the playoffs has been awesome. I know. You have yeah. Kyrie, who's like a magician. Hayward, who, like, I honestly can't speak to how he plays. I barely I know. know. I know. I, like, my feeling is that he's a swingman who can finish hard. Yeah. Like, and, and shoot the ball. A decent long range shooter. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, about three. I think he's a good three point shooter. But, like, dude, because I never watched him because he played on the fucking right. Jazz. Right. And then he played for five minutes. Right. Right. And broke his leg. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for next year. I. I'm kind of excited to see a very overmatched LeBron go up against this now, like pretty unlikable Warriors team. I feel like, I feel like the it's flipped on the Warriors at this point. Do you think? So, what do you think is going to happen in the Western Conference Finals? Do you think the Warriors are going to win? What Warriors do you win in how many? Six. You think? you think six? Yeah, I could see it going seven. Yeah, I think they win in six. Um, I think they do win. Do you? Would you rather see the Warriors or the, or the Rockets? Um. I I would rather see the Warriors. I would too because the Warriors are the the more exciting to watch. The Rockets are fucking boring to watch. Yeah, they are. And like I I like Harden fine. Chris Paul I don't love. I've never loved Paul. He's I, annoying. I still I I love Steph Curry. I really like Thompson. I still like Durant despite the fact that you know his interviews with Simmons have revealed he can be. Like I a, like him as a player, as a person. It seems like he sucks. I don't think he's a bad guy though. Like no, he, but he like kind of sucks. Yeah, he. Might, There's a uh, difference between being a bad guy and just like kind of sucking. He's probably not the best hang. Right. But he's. I think right. he's like at least a decent person. And like, yeah. he's an incredible player. Like Yo, blog boys. Hey, where are the blog boys at? Um, yeah, yeah. So probably Warriors, Cavs again. Yeah, Warriors will win in five at the most, if not sweep them. 
What what would it mean do you think if if the Cavs won? LeBron's the best player of all time. I think hands it would, down, not even a question. I think it would have to yeah. be. Um because that would be like borderline impossible. <laughs> they do it on the back of like Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith. LeBron only has like a pretty good series. LeBron twists his ankle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the Cavs win in five. <laughs> <laughs> a big time Ewing theory for, oh. for LeBron. <laughs> oh no. Kevin Love goes off. Yeah, Dude, Kevin Love is the best player in the series, right? Better than any of the Warriors. Right. No, that would never happen. No, it wouldn't. Because um, LeBron is, I, re- I mean, yeah, he's a one. He's like a once in a generation yes. talent. Yes, it's I'm, it's really cool that we got to watch. Mm-hmm. Him. Did you ever go see him play live? Uh, no. I. The funny thing is, is that I'm pretty sure I did because I know for a fact when KG and and Pierce and them were were playing for the Celtics still. I went and saw them play the Cavs when it was that was like a, a big deal. It was a right. big matchup right. in like 08, 09. Right. What I can't remember is whether LeBron was out. Yeah. I like for some reason my memory is totally fine. I with that. saw a Celtics Cavs game. It was later on in the in the Pierce run. Uh it was like their last like really good year. I think it was like twenty twelve or something. Yeah. And they played the Cavs, but LeBron was obviously off the team by then. Right. But Pierce put up like forty five, which was cool to see. Pierce is so awesome. Man. Yeah, I love Paul Pierce. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Last question from me is: Do you think that the the chase down block is going to be LeBron's like iconic play th- of his career? Uh, yeah, unless he does be- something better. Because because of the stage, I think it has to be and what it meant. Dude, you remember how tense that game was to watch? Oh my god, I know. And at that time, I was rooting hard for the Warriors. I was too. I was um, too. And but I was like just blown away. Yeah. By the fact, and I remember by the, even by the next day, I was like. Already won over by the fact that like the best player in the league yep. did something like very very special last yep. night, and it was exciting. And that like trumps everything, dude. That was such an exciting game. That was game seven. And remember, no one scored for like three minutes. That's right. That block came with like a minute fifty yeah. left. It yeah, was so, it was down to the wire. Yeah. And it was tied forever. And then Kyrie hit that dagger three. Dude, that was that was an unbelievable performance by both those dudes. It was an unbelievable game. Yeah. Like what? Great that's, series. It's a classic series. Yeah. That's the best of their finals. Oh, by far. Because the Warriors won the first one in five, six. I think six, but it like it was not. It was a it bad. Was, it was a bad. It was a lame six. six. Yeah. I think the Cavs won. Ga- no, they were up like three to one, and then the Cavs won game five, and then they went back and won game six. Right. I think. The next one was one seven. Then last year was five. Like, yeah. The Warriors kind of blew them out altogether. Yeah. yeah, they did. Um, they did. Exciting times. But we'll see. Probably going to get them again this year. Yeah, we will. So, you ready to dive in? Yeah, one sec. Uh, Excuse me. Yep. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. Three, two, one.